0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Kingdom, you your in a block! And yes! it is it going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown!
2: He your inside pass, to everything Saints football. Jimmy
3: Graham brings it down! And
2: that is a touchdown, New Orleans! We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice... To the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season.
1: That is going to be a touchdown,
4: Taysom Hill. Taysom TD.
2: Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Keller and Jeff Nowak. <laughs> oh, baby. Welcome, Inside Black and Gold, a winning addition. These Saints coming out on top over the Panthers, 28 to 6. A game that you could call interesting. Maybe some would call it that. Another would call it some bad football, I guess, for the most part. But in the end, there were some uh, intriguing plays, some nice touchdowns, uh, big uh, special teams moments. And the best part, Jeff, is in the end now, we're, we're at least talking about a victory and not going, oh, woe well, is me, a four straight loss.
3: Well, so we were going in, and this morning we talked about this, and kind of my, my prediction is, you know, someone asked if they should bet six, uh, the Saints with the six-point cushion, and I was like, I, I advised against it, which is why, I like, hey, don't take my betting advice. I'm not good at it, like, genuinely speaking. Like, don't take my betting advice. But I, I said, like, I don't like it because I have a well, feeling the Saints well, are going to win this, this game. UConn, sorry. Yeah, I can give you UConn betting advice. There you go. Um, but like UConn basketball specifically. That's Uh and men's basketball, not women's basketball. When women I don't know about 25 point spreads or whatever it is. But like my my whole reasoning behind that was like, I don't like that bet because I have a feeling like the Saints are gonna win this game. Like I wasn't worried, even during the game. It was like they're not gonna lose this game, even as horribly as they were playing. It's like, the Panthers are that bad. But you look at it and you're like, they're going to win this game, but they're going to do it in a way that everyone's going to feel gross walking out of this building. And that's exactly ding, what ding, they, ding, they ding. covered. I don't think I have ever watched a less satisfying 23-score victory in my life than I saw today. Um, you know, it's like like I gave people a hard time about booing. <laughs> Boo. Boo, if, if that's the offensive performance you're watching. <laughs> Go right ahead and boo. I don't have a problem with that. That was gross. The interception before halftime, you know, it was a bizarre one. Like, it, <laughs> the last two weeks, Derek Carr has had the ball punched out of his arms by his own offensive lineman, and he's also had a ball get batted down Deflect off a different offensive lineman's head and bounce right back into the arms of the guy who batted it down. He also threw it right at Derrick Brown. So I'm sure. not I'm not I'm not saying it wasn't a terrible interception. It's just right, like right. the like that happens throughout the course of a game. Like guys bat the balls down. Typically they don't catch them off a of rebound. <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna talk about this game 28 to 6. We're gonna get into this segment, we're gonna talk a lot about the Eric McCoy, Derek Carr blood feud that apparently went on in the third quarter of that game. Uh, I, you know, I talked to Eric. I talked, I asked Derek about it. DA talked about it. So we're going to get into all of that. We're going to play it all because I know people want to hear about it because it's like one of the only interesting things to talk about coming out of this game other than right, like... Some big drama from the game. Exactly. Right. Bad football. And, and the reason I, I wanted to ask everyone individually about it, and I asked them basically the same question, is like when you see something like that happen on the field... The, the initial reaction is going to be like, these guys hate each other, right? <laughs> it's clear the locker room is broken, this and that. And, you know, whether you believe what they're saying or not, you know, they're kind of, the way they talk about it, it's like, like and Derek literally said, this is kind of like, it's kind of like brothers arguing, like I've gotten in a fight. You're getting into the worst fights ever with like your family members, right? But like, there's still family members, you know, that sort of thing. That's kind of how they're, they're playing it. And we're going to hear about it. So it, it, that's kind of where they're approaching from. Either way, we'll we'll talk about it. Um, we're going to talk about what didn't work in this segment. Second segment, we're going to talk about what did work. Kind of because I think there were outside of the the passing offense in this game. I think there were a lot of positive things. But when you're talking about the Saints right now, it is impossible to disassociate the rest of the team from the anemic passing offense that you see and like the Derek Carr of it all, right? And so, but I do think independent of Derek Carr in this game, there was a lot of good that happened. So we're going to talk about that in the second segment. Then we're going to do a mailbag in the final segment. Um, And so if you have questions, comments, get them in there. We'll we'll talk about it. But this first segment, you know, I do want to get into that fight on the field because it was bizarre. You know, And, and it's funny because earlier this season... You know, back when everything was all sunshine and rainbows in the in the in the in training camp in the preseason, Derek was talking about Eric McCoy, and he said, like you know most of the centers I've dealt with are these sore quote sore and agitated individuals but but Eric is always this kind of like upbeat happy guy <laughs> and it's honestly well, just kind of in retrospect, it's very funny that that it's it's it was you know like because we've seen Derek have blow ups. We haven't seen really anybody blow up at Derek. But today that happened. And it happens to be the guy that Derek spends all day reaching under his butt. You know, these are guys who have to be close. Physically they're close, right? Like that's an interesting. it's all that's always a fascinating relationship to me. Um, because it's like literally, it's like this guy has his hand like up your butt all through, for three hours for the entire week. And now this is the guy who like was like I don't know. It's very funny to me. But like when you saw that, what was your reaction when you saw that? Because I don't know how much they showed of it on TV. But like Eric, it kind of felt like if James Hurst wasn't in Eric's way, there might have been a punch stroke. Like that's it wasn't just like arguing. Like there was like, you know, he was kind of like Eric was like, you know, doing the. you know yeah I, it, I, it, I, At
2: first, it didn't really strike me until I went back and had to look, you know, hearing about folks talking about it with uh social media. So saw the, the video replay there. And yeah, it's you you don't typically see you don't see a, a guy like Eric McCoy that worked up. He's very mild mannered, the gentle giant type.
3: Yeah, right. And that's why it was so bizarre. Um and so first let's just hear from Dennis Allen because I think that's just what we'll do. To hear from Dennis Allen. Then we'll hear from Derek McCoy. I think Derek I think I just said Derek McCoy. And then we we'll hear from Derek. It <laughs> Let's start. Yeah. Derek, Derek Carr or Derek McCoy and Eric Carr. Right. All right. So here, here's Da. Eric and McCoy
4: had an exchange of words. Is it concerning at all that? Your quarterbacks has in a couple
1: of these things on the field. No, look, it, this is a highly competitive business that we're in, you know, so I don't think anybody gets too sensitive. Um, you know, guys want to win. Um, and that's really what this is all about. So, um, Look, we addressed it. It's, 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 you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's water under the bridge. Let's move on. You know what I mean? Let's move on. When well,
2: it's two team captains yelling at each other, want us to be held back? You know, look,
1: that's a concern for
4: team chemistry overall.
1: I think, I think, if you're ever in a highly competitive environment, you know, and things aren't going the way that you want it to go, yeah, there's sometimes that you get frustrated. You, 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 you lash out a little bit. Um, I'm glad that both of them, you know have the balls to at least stand up and fight, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, this isn't like a, this isn't like a, you know, I mean, hell, my wife and I argue, you know, it happens. So let's, you know, let's don't make too much of it.
4: So you would say that this is something that is, that that you've seen before with teammates and team captains.
1: Look, these kinds of things, these kinds of things happen on, on the field. Um, they happen on our sideline. They happen on our opponent's sideline. They happen in other NFL games. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, I think that's two highly competitive guys that want to win. But, um, uh, I'm
0: sorry? Yeah, can I finish? Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. So I just think when you have competitive guys and things aren't going the way that it needs to go, you know, um, you know, guys, guys – They get pissed, you know, and sometimes they express their emotions. Then you get over on the sideline, you calm down, and then you come back out and you 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 regroup and you go, and that's what we did.
3: I did appreciate the. Can I finish? Da get a little fiery. All right, there's some some Kanye Kanye West vibes going on there. Yeah, I'm gonna let you finish. No, uh, so before we go on, you know, it, it is there's there's two things. One, I call bullshit on the idea that that is just a normal thing that happens, like. Yes, you do have altercations. Yes, you do have arguments and disagreements. They do not typically rise to that level. And when you're talking about a quarterback and a center, two guys who kind of have to be in lockstep and you expect them to typically be on the same page. Like that's a bit more than just, oh, there's a it's a frustrating environment. That said, he's not wrong in that it does happen. It is not. This is not the first time I've seen, you know, a quarterback and even a center get into it. And so St. John Butler, he pointed this out, and this is 100% accurate. There was a very, you know, there was a game where Peyton Manning was mic'd up. And he and Jeff Saturday got into it on the sideline because Jeff Saturday was like saying, he's like saying, we just run the damn ball. And Peyton was like, just run, just snap the ball. You know, it's like, he's calling plays. And it's hilarious because if you go, you can find it on YouTube because like after about like two minutes of them just going at each other Peyton goes and sits down with the quarterbacks and he's like guys I'm mic'd up (laughs) (laughs) And, and it's like Derek wasn't mic'd up for this game but like for example like Johnny Hecker was and I'm fascinated to hear his take after he got wiped out by Nephi Sewell um but who I don't think he punted in the game after that I don't know if he physically could have punted either way like that's that's a that's an aside but like I do think that you know, DA is always going to be like the, the pull your punches type guy. Like he's not going to call anybody out. I do think it's more, he, it's not as minimal as he's making it out to be, but it's also not like a mission critical issue. The way people are going to pretend it is in terms of no team has ever survived this, right? Like it's, I mean, Pat Mahomes was going nuts on the sideline today. uh, And when the chiefs lost to the bills, right? Like, you know, it's, it is a it the, the truth in it is that there is like a lot of a lot of you know intensity going on and and tempers can flare but you know but well what yeah what do you have on it to, to me I will say though like
2: what happened afterwards is pretty vital like the team got their shit together and scored a touchdown
3: well right like you know one thing that we can say is that when Derek gets yelled at or booed he seems to get better right like well, the other day he got booed in the first quarter. And suddenly he started playing better today. Derek or Eric yells at him and he starts playing. better. anyway, um, that is one thing that I'll say for Derek is he doesn't seem to get rattled in those situations. Like he was playing like crap for three quarters of his game, but it, it doesn't seem like those situations get to him. Um, and so I guess that's a positive trait, right? Like, like, I, I, you anyway, uh, here is, here is, um, what Eric McCoy had to say about it. I don't have the video, uh, but this is just audio. So we'll play it. Can you just talk
1: about what happened between you and Derek Carr in the game? Yeah.
3: Uh, we just had a disagreement.
0: Um, emotions are high. My emotions were high. His emotions were high. But how things have been going through the game. Um, and I lost my cool. So I would like... I, A public disagreement deserves a public apology. So uh, we talked about it already, person person to person. But out loud, I would like to say, Derek Carr, I am sorry. I let my emotions get the best of me, and that's not okay
2: in general, just to get the offense
3: going yeah was it a point
0: i think it was just frustration he was tired of getting hit i was tired of getting hit and it was just i lost my cool i did and like i said Derek Carr, i'm sorry we're good i love him he loves me we're on the same page so he didn't say anything to you or anything like that you just lost your cool. i lost
3: my cool eric not to belabor this point but you know i think when people see that when people see the center arguing with the quarterback they're going to say well this is just a sign of distrust in the locker room and things went on in the locker room and so you would you would say that that's not the case that this was just something that occurred on the field
0: yes no no no. i don't think there's any distrust in the locker room like i said i love Derek Carr. Derek Carr loves me um we hash things out and we're going to be good going forward um and like i said i take full responsibility for my actions it's very unbecoming of me to uh lose my cool like that um and yeah, we're good. Like we had a kumbaya moment over there in the locker or in the training room. Um, but no, that was me.
3: Gotcha. By the time he came over and sat, I know he sat between you and mm-hmm. Caesar on the bench mm-hmm. to kind of just like you know just have out
0: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just emotions passed. Um, he came over, he apologized, I apologized, um, and yeah, that's
3: pretty much it. Yeah, I just say not very gentlemanly of me, you know. It's <laughs> not fun becoming, you know, it's very funny. But that's but that's Eric. That's why like like that is Eric's approach. Like that's how Eric typically is. That's why when you see him of all people blow up and Cesar Ruiz was also like pretty fired up about this, you know, um, one thing, like when I, I I kind of, I was standing behind them the entire time. Like, like Lynn Bowden comes over and kind of daps him up and says like, you're good. Alvin comes over and tries to calm him down. Jari Evans, Doug Marone, they're all around him. You know, and, and it took about five to eight minutes. Like, I think Derek was cooling off over there and Eric was cooling off. And then Derek comes over and sits between them. And, you know, they're just, they just talk, you know. And like, that's, I was wondering if that was going to happen. That, that That was my biggest question when I was kind of standing there waiting. Was like, is Derek just going to let this ride and go back onto the field as if nothing happened? Hmm. Because it was like, you were getting pretty close, right? Like it was like, not that far away from like the eventual end of this drive, but Derek did go over and and sit down and talk to him. And like, they hashed it out. Like it wasn't anything that like, it's not like they just stopped blocking for him. Like that's, that's, you don't want to, you don't want to mess with your linemen, right? Like your (laughs) linemen have, have your life in their hands on every play. (laughs) Um, and I don't think, yeah, I mean, I think Eric kind of made it pretty clear there.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, like you mentioned earlier this season, we saw Derek get a, a little emo- too emotional on the field. And I don't know, maybe that's one of the characteristics of this team. They they let their emotions get the best of them st- too many times. Uh, surprisingly, we've seen that, which we haven't in the past. It's usually, we used to have like the guy like CeeDee Deuce causing other teams to have the blowups. And now we've seen our own guys having the blowups and granted it's not per se a specific opponent giving it to them. It's just in general, they seem to be on the field and I don't know, just, uh, hasn't, hasn't been all rainbows and sunshine as they say.
3: Sure has not, you know, like a Kyle Turley comes to mind, like a psycho, right? Like, but you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a thing. Um, you know, and so I, I, I did want to like give, both sides of the, the 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 equation here a chance to answer that same question so here's what Derek carr had to say when i asked i know i'm sorry to belabor this but You're if fine. people see the quarterback and the center arguing yeah. throughout a game on television it's going to be perceived as this is just something bubbling out of the locker room this is something that's happening that we are now seeing yeah. what would you say to that and does that perception matter
4: um the perception of it, no, no. That doesn't matter. Um, to to say, I mean, I've always been honest with you guys, to say that there was a problem before, we, we had a great week of texting each other and practice and laughing and having fun and all that kind of stuff, so um, me and Eric have no no issue. In the moment, something happened. The, the reason doesn't matter. Everyone wants to know the reason. Everybody wants to know the why and what. It doesn't matter. We, we were both right, we were both wrong. At the same time, we both were like, my bad. He was like, my bad, I was like, my bad. And that was it. And I've done that with my two older brothers probably 50 times in my life, and it happens. Um, but when, it, when it's like in a frustrating moment, and that kind of happens, it is intensified, as I've learned. Um, you know, because people want to know, oh no, what's wrong? Um, there, there really is nothing wrong. We had a moment um, that I've, I've had some of those moments in my ten years, a lot of times, you know, with with a coach, with a teammate, somebody, and just I always learn. You always circle back, you make it right, and you keep going. But that kind of stuff happens all the time at practice. Uh, I'm not saying it with me and him, I'm saying just with teammates, that, that stuff happens, uh, and you, you just make sure you always, you know, circle back, make it right, and we did that. And so um, I love Eric, I love Eric to death. Um, but I, I would be completely honest with you, there's no problem.
3: All love. Well, I do think like an argument in a game is not, you know, it depends where it's where it's coming from. Right. Like to me, Eric is is frustrated because the offense sucks and it's like it's not about, you know, like F this guy. It's, you know, like they everyone wants to win the game. And so like I don't think like like there can be healthy arguments, right? Like it's not like every argument like like apathy is worse where it's just like like I don't care and I'm not even going to get worked up because it doesn't matter to me. Like that would I would have more concern about that than I do about about these guys kind of fighting with each other. If you can't get over that and it becomes this huge block that makes offense not work, then that's a problem. But again, like like having it out with somebody usually that will actually help. Like it's like there's a reason you go to counseling, right? Like it's like, right. you know, like you got to talk through it, but that said, I think we're probably, you know, we've talked about it a lot. We're overplaying it a little bit, but you know what, when we talk about things that didn't work in this game, it was Derek Carr and sputtering Derek Carr. If, if Derek Carr was a car, you know, he you would have to turn it over three times before it turn, like, you know, you would have flooded the engine by the end of the first quarter and then you would have to take it to the mechanic and be like, well, what's wrong? And he'd be like, oh, we did the, you shouldn't have done that. We got to do this. And then he's like, well, okay, well, by the second half, we'll have this figured out. And that's not, you're not going to, you know, it's like you play the way you did today. You beat the Panthers and nobody else. <laughs> like this was a game that you won because you were playing the Panthers. <laughs> and the Panthers have a way of making other teams look a lot better than they are, at least when you look at the final score. What I will say is that there is the one thing the Panthers do well is limit passing games. They don't stop the run. They don't play well in the red zone. They don't keep teams off the scoreboard. They don't get in the end zone. They don't pass the ball well. They run the ball reasonably well. But what they do actually do well, they play a shell defense. They have talented corners, talented safeties, and they make life hell on quarterbacks in terms of passing the ball. You got to you're like, that doesn't explain away everything that happened in this game. But when you look at the numbers throughout the season, that is something they do well. So I think there's a factor there. The Saints ran the ball well, right? And that'll take it away. I don't think Carr was aggressive enough down the field. There were points that he could have gone for it. I do think that he put a pretty good ball into Chris Olave, And I think it was JC Horn made a pretty nice play on that, like, I don't think there was anything wrong with that throw. I think if you were more aggressive at certain points of this game, this game would have looked a lot different in terms of how satisfied you were coming out of it. I think he put on a pretty good ball to A.T. Perry. I like the idea that you're getting A.T. Perry involved downfield. I think that the trust level there is not where it needs to be and that that, that red zone mishap against the Falcons definitely did not help. But there was just, like people have pointed out in the comments, holding the ball too long, checking down like there's points where it's better off to throw the ball into the dirt than to check it down to your running back where he's going to lose eight yards I think like it's tough because you do want to get Alvin Kamara chances like like there is this balance of like sometimes it is just you're better off just like just get it to Alvin and let him make a play but not always (laughs) right and there was like right Two instances in this game where it basically you lost eight yards because you just put your running back the back. And I think, I think Derek played really poorly. And I have a feeling that, you know, if Derek, and he says he's honest, but I don't think he's honest about his own health at times. And I think that his injuries limited him, not even the concussion. I think the rib injuries limited him more today than he was willing to let on. And you saw that. I think you saw that manifest. I think it's similar to what you saw in week four against the Bucs. This was a very similar game. The difference is you're playing the Panthers yeah that's kind of what I have Derek Carr didn't work today and that was and it was a lot more than just that but I think that you know the frustration kind of simmering in the offensive line it was like it's like I, the offensive line is like I don't think we're playing that poorly but you're getting lit up. And I don't know what to do for you, right? Like I think that's kind of where that is. to get the ball out, like make a decision. You're a veteran quarterback who can't run. We can't protect you forever. You have to protect yourself. And I think that's where it comes from. And that's where Derek has to be better. And again, again, like yeah, you want to boo that? I'll boo that all day long. What I, you know, I I thought the, the only the only boo that I will take issue with is the boo at the end of that first drive <laughs> when it's like you move the ball down the field. You're not going to score. Every time you're not going to get a touchdown every time, but like that was a pretty successful drive that bogged down in the red zone. Um, and it's like, we're booing that really now I'm all for booing the Blake group. We missed from 29. <laughs> that was bad. But like, I, that was the only boo of the day that I was like, eh, guys, come on. Like, this is a little <laughs> much. Um, They're just but, waiting to boo. Yeah. Like it, that, that exactly. That's kind of, it just felt like it was like the first thing that goes wrong today. We're going to boo. Um, And it was like, you got a three and out, you drove the field, you got a chip shot field goal. Like that's for, you know, your first drive of the game. Like, you know, it's like your expectations can't be like touchdown or nothing. You know, it's so like, that was the only one, but otherwise I was, you know, I'd like, like people think that I'm anti fan now because I, because I'm not like, you know, I think booing just indiscriminately is like kind of unrealistic, but you know, I, I'm all for it. Cause that was brutal to watch in the second and third quarters of that game. I, I think you're actually
2: uh, dead on with Derek Carr being limited somewhat because of shoulder slash ribs, something. I, I'm not blaming the concussion at all, but something's clearly wrong with his throwing. Uh, I, I would hope so, at least by what we're seeing, because it's not even just the holding on, on to the ball too long. There's definitely the the, the off targetness to it. And yeah, there were a couple times, maybe a receiver could have made a play for him. Uh, I just think overall though, still not impressed with our $150 investment at quarterback. I understand the 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 fans' anger and I guess their their discontent of what they've been seeing, but it's not gonna change any anytime soon. I'm sorry. It's I, I can't I can't say that 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 benching's coming for a Jameis Winston or they're gonna definitely go out and draft that young quarterback. I think they, you know, they would they might do uh something like that in the upcoming, but that's that's still like eons away right now. I, I even laugh when, you know, the Cajun Cannon post games like, oh, we got a great chance of beating the Giants, but I I don't know about the Rams. I'm like, screw it. I can't even think about the Rams right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. This is like the – it's not the first time that you've mentioned that you've been meant to say $150 million, but you say $150 investment, and it kind of feels like <laughs> – it was like, well, that's what you should have paid because that's <laughs> the value you're getting right now. Um, yeah, fans would agree with that for sure, right? Yeah, so I mean, let's move off car. We've talked about car, like you know. No, this is not me trying to protect Derek. Everyone thinks I'm a Derek Carr stand because, like, my take is like, you know, like I I think it's unrealistic and unfair to like treat the guy like he's the devil incarnate. And apparently, that makes me a Derek Carr stand. It's like no, like I just think like we can talk about the play on the field, and then also like. You know, we don't have to pretend that he's, you know, like a murderous psychopath that like shouldn't be allowed to, to like roam free in society. Like there's a middle ground that we could probably hit. And no so uh,
2: extremes but, one to end to the other. You love right. him or you think he's trash. There's
3: right, a very Darth Vader ish kind of situation going on here. Um, <laughs> Absolutes only. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> glad you got that reference. But OK, so let's move on. There's a couple other things that didn't work. I want to talk about them. tackling tackling. Has been gross. Atrocious. I mean, like, it, when's the last? I, I I feel like you can count on one hand the number of times that guys have gotten a ball carrier down. The first person to get to him, it's like, what? How is that even pot? Like, it's just crazy. Like that, Miles Sanders. Right. The only point in this game that I was like, wow, the Saints might lose this game, is when Miles Sanders like jitterbugged his way for forty eight yards down to the one yard line, and thankfully, Paulson Adebo decided I'm going to run over there and tackle the guy because no one else seems to be able to. And that, I mean, like you could argue that that, that was a huge turning point in the game. Just the fact that he got there because they, you know, got a tackle for loss on first down. They got a sack on second down. I think they got a throw away on third down field goal instead of touchdown. Like I think the saints had 14 points on the board at that point. So you're talking about like 14 to 10 versus 14 to six. That's a pretty big difference. When you're to looking at an offense, I can't move the ball, and so much of it is tackling. And like, like I've said this before, it's not only like, oh, you give up big gains. It's like you have a chance to make a tackle in the backfield, and and for for a two yard loss. And instead, it's a four yard gain, and it'll go in the stat sheet as a four yard gain, as if like that was a solid play, and you limited the damage. But like, really, it's a six yard net gain because you should have had a two yard loss, and that happens. Constantly, I do think Zach Bond being more involved in the rush finally has helped. But you know, I do think that that's something that has been an issue. It's continuing to be an issue, and in games when you're not playing the worst team in the NFL, it's going to continue to to get you. And like Bryce Young ran for a bunch of yards again. It's just so frustrating to watch a defense that is otherwise pretty solid continue to just fail in this vitally important part of the game. Yeah, the
2: thing is, you see with the the quarterback being able to take off. And it wasn't obviously huge yardage overall. What was it? 40 something yards he ends up with. But I, I feel like it's those, it's the situations in which the quarterback is able to take off
3: and convert. It seems like a third and long every damn time. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's, yeah, there was at least three, like third and eight or third or longer that were converted by Derek Carr. I'm sorry, by, by Bryce Young running. Um and it's just like, guys, we've been over this. We've talked right. about this. How, over how and many, over. How many times? Yeah. Um, moving on, like this has been a long segment, so we can we can just get through this last one. But Blake Ruppie, <laughs> come on, man. I thought we talked <laughs> about
2: this. Just when we thought you were over the groin issue, they cut the guy on the practice squad. Things were looking good. We thought you were fully healthy, ready to roll. He you, you had gotten some consistency down, we thought. And then, man, oh, man, what where was that
3: ball going? Well, so one something that one person pointed out, and I'll have to go back and look, is that it kind of seemed like his left foot, like his plant foot, you know, the turf kind of just – collapsed on him a little bit and he kind of lost his footing and i don't know i don't know if that's true or not but that would at least you know because like you don't just miss that kick like something happened on your on the operation right like it's
2: yeah someone was trying to tell me something went wrong with the hold i didn't see that though
3: well right like there's a re it's it's like you miss from 50 plus and you're like well okay well that sometimes you just miss that kick you miss from 29 you should go home immediately yeah, it's like, here, let's let's listen to Haas. I thought Haas had a good call on it. Let's okay. listen to that.
2: 29 yards. This will be from the right hash mark for Blake Groupie. Last week was the first week of the year. He didn't have a field goal attempt, and that one was pull-hooked to the left, not even close. If you play golf, you can understand. He pull-hooked it to the left, missed it.
3: Yeah, it was just a duck hook into the woods. I hit that drive all the time, <laughs> um, but no, I do think it, it's like when you miss that kick, it's never like, well, he just can't kick a football. Like he literally kicks a football in his sleep. Something went wrong in the operation, but it's like, you, it also just can't be the excuse. You can't miss that kick. The margin for error is so wide. Like all you gotta do is kick it that way, <laughs> you know? So, um, and it's frustrating because it's not the first time we've seen it. Like we could say like, well, something went wrong, but like, happened before so yeah like it's just man yeah every time you think he's got it he's got it, he kind of gets on a rhythm he gets on a roll and no, no. yeah I'm
2: I'm f- steadily falling off the the groupie bandwagon if you want to call it that even I was hoping you know the rookie could maybe get some consistency going a little confidence but uh, I just feel like this is kind of who he is at this point point. Uh, and I know it's still early on in this young man's career, but I, I don't know that this one, it was freaking bad.
3: Yeah. See, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure I, I buy that. Like he's a, he's a rookie and that's kind of like the, the inconsistency is just part of it, right? Like There's that's why when you, one we've seen, well, right. But that's why when you went with the rookie, it was like, why? Because, <laughs> That's just something that you have to accept with a rookie kicker. Is there going to be somewhat inconsistent? Like, Young-Hway Ku is a great example. Like, he got right. from the Chargers. Know. Right. And now he's one of the best kickers in the NFL. But, like, it's it's very rare that you see a guy be rock solid from day one. Right? Like, so, just for pre- just for perspective – Blake Grupy is four made field goals away from tying Will Lutz's rookie record for made field goals in a season. Will was twenty-eight. Um, Blake is currently at twenty-four, and he's going to get there. He's going to break that record. Um, he's he's been more consistent on kicks from fifty-plus. He hasn't missed an extra point. Um, but it's just these kind of moments where you're just like, what the hell? Uh, and you imagine that over time, as he get, you know, it's not like he can't make the kicks, right? And so but but it's frustrating because you've accepted that as your fate right now when you didn't have to that you're going to live with the ups and downs of a rookie and that's what you're getting. And so like you know every time you think like well okay yeah he's he's got it. He makes five kicks in a row against the Falcons. You're like okay, yeah, he's figured it out, he's figured it out. But he did make all four PATs, which is longer, which is which are longer than the kick he missed. <laughs> so uh, I don't know it's like when it's worth three, he gets like, "Oh no, it's so you know, the pressure too much."
2: No, and th- that was something actually post game. You know, we you talking about it. That wasn't mentioned at all. How huh? the the hold snap and the
3: kick on that one, huh? No, I, I, I meant to ask, but then we got to the end, and they were like, "One more question," and I was like, "Well, right. okay, can't, it's not going to be that question. <laughs> like, there's more important questions to ask, and I'll, I'll probably ask about that tomorrow. The problem is like, no one's going to have an answer." After the game, because they have right, had he, he
2: always says out. we got
3: to look at the tape. Yeah, that's why those post game uh, press conferences are tough, but all right, that, that's all I have. Do you have anything else that you wanted to point out before we go move on? Uh,
2: just overall, I guess the, uh, the fan base today, we didn't have that over explosion of blue in the stands that it was good to see, at least that, that not see the blue. I was worried about that.
3: Yeah, but that's not because they, the Panthers fans couldn't
2: come. No, I'm just saying, because, yeah, Panthers fans aren't traveling to watch this team either. So,
3: yeah, yeah, like that's, I mean, I don't, and I don't even, this is the do, what didn't work segment, but it was like the seats, there were a lot of empty seats. Yeah, oh, for sure. There's a gross number of empty seats. And like part of it, you know, it's like a it? 17 versus right. a 1 12 team. It's like not exactly the best game in the world to go to, right? But you could get tickets for $4. <laughs> I was gonna say the secondary market, there were
2: four dollar tickets to an NFL game. Parking was way more than that, obviously.
3: You can't even get a bottle of water for five dollars. There you go, right. I mean that's a that's these are like pelicans prices right now anyway, but yeah, that, that see was, was for you know the the, the team obviously
2: because you know too when when things are rocking or rolling the the dome's unbelievable and
3: obviously a tough ticket. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Not for yeah, so much home now. Left,
3: yeah. Right? So you, you got next week, you got the Giants, and then you got the Bucks. I'm sorry, then you got the Falcons in week 18. And so, like, if you get to that point and it's a win win and in scenario, I expect people will be there. I expect people will get excited again. But, you know, I, it's like, there's a lot of apathy right now and I can't blame people because why would you, you know, unless you just have always wanted to go to a Saints game and you can't afford it, typically, why would you pick this one? anyway, So let's round out that segment. We're going to come back. We're going to have a quick what did work segment. Um, I think there were, you know what? Like people are going to pretend that there were no positives from this game. They're they're wrong. There there were good things that happened in this game. Um, A few. So we're going to to talk about it. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. It's been kind of a marathon segment here. It's basically a podcast of its own. Um, But we're going to come back. We're going to have two more segments because... We're in for the duration here. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for being in here. If you have any questions, comments you want in the mailbag, throw them in the chat, and we'll get to as many as we can in the final segment. Stick around.